Hi everyone, today is June 30th, 2018, and this is the Duel Assessment, your podcast for Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. My name is Green Ranger. And I'm Deck Tech. And today's the last day of June, the end of the season, the experimental uh, 5,000 life point season. And obvious, uh, and not obvious, but it, it's been one of the crazier PvP uh, metas in which all the nerfs went live uh, at different junctures in this time. New cards were released, and we even have a new team PvP event this week, so it's been an exciting month, to say the very least. So, Deck Tech, where are you on this last day of June? <laughs> well, I, I finally got to play some PvP. I felt bad that I wasn't doing it, and uh, the structure of this PV, well, this uh, special event, which is a PvP event, uh, kind of encourages you to sit down and play for a set amount of time. And so even though I've been really busy at work, I've been doing more of the latter PvP because that one you could do like just one quick game while you go on, take a quick coffee break or whatever. When you're heading to the bathroom, you could just play a quick game. And so I've been sneaking them in whenever I can. And I pretty casually went up from Plat 1 to Legend 2 this past week using Amazonist the whole time. And it's been fairly heavily teched against uh, fur hires. But uh, in Platinum, I didn't see a ton of them. And so most of my wins were just because the deck is solid and it beats like Unga Bunga decks and stuff. But once I hit Legend 2, I started seeing more fur hires and also people were playing it better. Um, at the lower ranks, people were, were definitely making mistakes. So at Legend 2, I hit a little bit of a wall. I fell back. I had like two losses all the way from Plat 1 to Legend 2. And then at Legend 2, it kind of evened out a lot more. I got much closer to 50-50. Ended up losing a couple in a row and falling back down to Legend 1, where I'm sitting now. Um, I think I might be on a win streak again, so I'm getting close to getting back up. But I don't think I'm going to hit King of Games this month because uh, I have to go into work later still. I'm trying to get to an event uh, that I'd like to see this weekend. So basically, this is about where I am. Um, but it, it went pretty well. It's nice to be able to to play and to just really quickly get up to the uh, uh, slightly more respectable um, ladder placement. Um, and I did do a little bit of the event. It's lots of fun. I really like it. I think there are a couple things they could do better, but uh, in the few times that I actually did get to play it, it was a good time. Cool. How, yeah. how about you? What are what are you doing this week? It was very similar. Um, well, I got to... I think last Saturday or Sunday, the, the day we recorded, I hit Legend that day with uh, Bujins. And then I think I... I don't think I even got to Legend 2 this week. I got to the promotion match, and then I lost all my games. So um, it pretty much erased all that. And I have played the event more than you, I think, probably. Um, definitely the first part of the event with the Spellcasters versus Dragons. I remember I did a lot of those. Um, yeah, definitely very fun. The second event, I didn't play much, and then my team lost a lot. The The Warriors beat the Beast Warriors quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we dunked on you. Oh, man. <laughs> but I think the dinosaurs are going to are gonna destroy the insects, because everyone likes dinosaurs. But um, Yeah, that seems unfair. <laughs> I, was surprised, I was surprised by the first one uh, a little bit, but then I thought about it, and I was like, okay, there's, this is probably more like the casuals, um, their power. But yeah. anyway... Yeah, I really like Bujins. They, I mean, the problem with them is they you hit a grass, looks greener sometimes, and then you get the wrong guys in. Like sometimes it seems like they're all in a row, like five, five Bujin Beast Warriors in a row, and you want the other guys in the graveyard, and you milled all of them, so you lose. So mm-hmm. they they fall victim to that. I like to think of them as a thinking man's Sylvans, because you actually do need to know which ones you're gonna put into your graveyard depending on which who you're playing. Like, sometimes you want the turtle, sometimes you want the purple guy. I don't know his name. Sometimes you want the centipede. So, um, I don't know if they're going to be good next month, but I still think they're pretty solid because they work against everyone. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yep. All right. So, we're going to talk about esports. Uh, we're kind of going backwards here. So, yesterday's event was the Dulux Meta 26. Dulux Meta Weekly 26. And this one is a bit of an, a boring uh, top four because they're mostly masked heroes, which are 
an old nerfed, slightly nerfed deck. So, flips, first place, beatdown, masked hero. This one. This one's interesting. There, there's only one, there's a few one-ons. There's a one of a decider, drill dark, and a dreamer. But this one, um, there's two malicious. I guess the beatdown does help. Malicious is a six star. And then the Anki or Dangerous or Trinity, they all work too. Um, yeah, but pretty straightforward list other than the one ofs of the other monsters, less valuable monsters, I guess. Yeah. And um, of course, nowadays we can link, we are linking people to the actual report since the website is live. So you can check it out yourself. Um, it also has two of the Treacherous Trap Hole, which is slightly less common, but uh, that's about it to say about that one. Yep. Wayne Kenoff, uh, beat down Masiro, second place. His is a 21-card deck. There's two Chalices, two Heytrunades, and two Polymerizations. Two Polymerizations is a bit more of a stand, like standout, because usually they run one. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Heytrunade's solid. It's kind of like Anti-Magic Arrows in some ways. And Chalice is against Fur Hires, I would assume. Or any anything, like the uh, Amazonist Princess, too. Yeah, Chalice is better now. Um, I've been running it in my Amazonist deck because of the Fur Hires, and it just gets a lot of splash value for uh, Amazonist Mirrors. It works well. Uh, I've seen a couple Jinzo decks, and it works decently against them because it's kind of like my one way to <laughs> take care of it. Um, so it's a, it's a solid choice. I like it actually now more than I liked it before in the Sylvan's Meadow when everyone kind of first started running it. Third place, Tenma, Beatdown, Masked Heroes. This is a 21 Carter, and this one is more teched out since, in addition to the Chalice, there are two Paleozoic Canadias. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's also uh, a, one of the ones we're going to go over for hires a little bit, but that's another good card against them. Uh, one thing that we wanted to, that we talked about briefly before we started the show, was we were thinking about the Beatdown, why they all chose to run Beatdown, and, uh, of course, Restart was nerfed. But part of the reason also is we're thinking Anki has 2,800 attack, and so once you get a beatdown on it, then it has enough attack to be able to attack over uh, in the fur hire matchup with Sage fur hire's uh, defense. So often that card will come down and kind of try to lock down the board, and this is one way to try to get around that without using anything that it can counter, since you can't counter the skill activation. Yep, you already have to have Anki down for that to work, but still, you know, you know what I mean. And they can't run uh, Econ because of Celestial, so they need they need Beatdown. I guess it's kind of their crutch. I guess. Yeah. Or maybe the tie that binds would work too. I'm not sure. Well, they they more they more often have one guy instead of three guys. I guess so. Maybe. Yeah, I think I think Beatdown makes a little bit more sense for this particular deck. And third place KO, Beatdown for Hires. Beatdown has taken over uh, this this grouping. This version has three Dinas. Uh, we're going to see some other lists soon, as in, in like a minute or two. <laughs> but this one can actually turn over into a three Wiz, because there's a Wiz in the side deck as well. Yeah. Um, one interesting point that was brought up on our Twitter conversations during the week was that if your opponent has two Dinah on the board, then you can't attack. Um, if they're both active, because of the way that Dinah is written, um, your opponent, uh, monsters your opponent control cannot target monsters for, atta- or for hire for attacks, except this one. So uh, your Anki can still go face, but otherwise almost all monsters can't attack because you have to target this one, the way that it's written for the one Dyna, but then the other Dyna says, no, 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 you have to target this one. And as a result, because of the way that it's worded and the rules, you don't get to attack either, which is a little bit interesting, but I think maybe that's why he's running three for that type of lockdown. Um, and then, you know, Wiz is the other type of lockdown where you can kind of just counter everything that's coming at you for the most part. There's obvious counters and then uh, rule, trick, coding, 
whatever you want to call it, <laughs> counters too. Yeah. So, the second tournament that happened earlier in the week was the Seven Sword Showdown, and this one happened on Saturday, uh, run by Battle Leo and the X-Hunters team, and they had some special things. There were 55 players, one card, uh, one deck with a seven-card side deck, and they had wild card prizes. So they gave prizes for people who had seven total cards on the field, won on round seven, and landed a final blow of a seven-star monster. Sounds fun and interactive. And they also gave MCS 10 invites to the top two. Who happened to be Shiny Sophia on first place. Beat down for hires. This one is the three whiz version. And as we'll see later, the fur hires that are not in Japan, it seems, typically run six back rows. In this back row, you see two Econs, three Mayhems, and one Treacherous. You know, what's funny is that Wiz is a seven-star monster, so maybe Shiny Sophion was going for that <laughs> that yeah. final blow with the seven-star monster. Maybe that's six. why. Dyna six, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's why he ran three of that over the three Dyna. Yeah. Probably not, but maybe. I also like um, the needle ceiling in the sideboard. That's interesting. Yeah, they flood pretty good, so that takes out a bunch of their guys. Yeah. Second place flips, Switcheroo Masked Heroes. Um, it has the Paleozoic Canadia, I guess, for the fur hires. Yeah, yeah, I assume so. Um, I've been playing around more with Switcheroo. Uh, one thing that's interesting is that these tournaments are all, um, you know, friend battles, right? Because of the way that it works. So I think they're all still playing four thousand life points. Well, it's right. like dual rooms, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's 4,000, uh, yeah. Right. So it's a little different than uh, the latter meta, which is always kind of weird when that happens. But um, I've been enjoying Switcheroo a lot in the latter meta because I have a little bit of extra life. So it helps me smooth out my draws. I can afford to face tank a couple times just to activate my skill if I need to. Um, in this deck, he has the Cosmic Cyclones that help do it as well so obviously it's it's not necessary it's not only good in the 5000 life point but I do think it's a little better in the 5000 life points meta and that could explain all the masked heroes with 4000 life points yeah that's a good point definitely um third place Yugen Height Parasite Amazonis this is a bit of a throwback in that the Parasite deck has a Jade Insect Whistle but uh, you got stuff like Paleozoic Canadia, two Divine Rafts, two Forbidden Chalices. This one is built against Fur Hires. Yeah, this is kind of close to the first uh, version of Amazonist that I built after all the changes went live. Um, this one's a little heavier on Fur Hires and I don't, or on countering Fur Hires than what I started with. And I don't own uh, Paleozoic Canadia, although I want it. Um, one really good thing about Amazonist is that you have the princess that lets you use cards that are useless. So um, that's, I mean, I assume that's why he has the three tigers so that you can pitch them with the divine wrath and the princess, but it also just makes any cards that you don't need that are kind of bad in your certain matchup makes them better. So uh, that's why you can afford to run things like the Jade Whistle. Uh, you can pitch a Canadian and then kind of bring it back from your graveyard later. I think the deck um, I'm really enjoying playing it and I think that it's in a decent spot because it has that flexibility it has so many slots that it can devote to countering uh, the fur hires and then it doesn't really get punished for it too hard because you have um, the princess that lets you get rid of these extra cards my version runs the witch uh, the hero so I can get rid of extra cards that way as well and uh, all in all it works out pretty well and fourth place, yay hey, beat down for hires. This is the throwback old version in which he runs regulation, the regulation of tribe. Yeah, when we first saw that, uh, we were pretty hyped about it. Uh, I thought it was. I love seeing cards that you don't really see um, come out. But you're right. This is more. This is closer to like that first version that we saw as soon as the deck came out. Um, that now we're seeing a lot less of it. And uh, 
The same with the two mayhem. The last list we saw had three, so I don't know if that's a shift that everyone's made, or if that's just a, like a personal choice between the players. Yeah, we don't know for sure. Um, and the last tournament we're going to talk about is an official Japanese tournament. It's the Duelist Festival. You've seen it sometimes. Um, we don't get to participate in it. You only do it if you're in Japan. And I think there are like official Yu-Gi-Oh events. It's like official esports events that uh, Konami runs. That's pretty cool. This one happened on Sunday. They get a special metal emblem. The top three players got a special metal emblem. I don't know if that's in-game. I guess that's a trophy, like a medallion, I guess. Yeah, probably. I don't know. First place, Shino625 at Futaba. Oh, yeah, this one is an interesting tournament because they get to change their decks. There's no... um, they didn't say the stipulations for how they changed the deck. I guess if they lo- they lost, they could just put in another deck. But Shino six two five at Futaba put in two decks. The first one is a beatdown for hire, and this is different from every other for hire deck we've seen in that it runs seven back row, and two of these back row is a trap that everyone in Dueling's meta says is garbage. Training for hire for all your training needs. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you don't see that one too often. Um. Yeah, it's three Wiz version and two Dinas. Otherwise, the same. You know what's funny is if you look at the Duelings meta thing, it doesn't have the card text. Like, that's how poorly they think of the card that they didn't even fill in the card text <laughs> to yeah. tell you what it does, whereas all the other cards have it. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> Futaba, I mean, Shino625 at Futaba also brought a Switcheroo Noble Knight. This could be one of the first times we've seen Noble Knights in a top placing. But it's a pretty clean list. you got three of the good guys, which is Madrat, Dristan, one, uh, Bedwer, uh, three, Glory of the Noble Knights, three, Noble Arms, two, Arfiduter, one, Gallatin. Yeah, this is one of those decks that I have never played because I didn't buy enough of the set to have the cards, and I very rarely play against. So I don't... I. I don't even really know how it works. They just do a bunch of stuff, and either they win or they lose. <laughs> and I'm just along for the ride. Their stuff, their equips get destroyed, and then they immediately get put on themselves. So noble arms are kind of like uh, heirloom that doesn't go away, I guess. That's one way to put it. Yeah. And then things happen when things are equipped. I've seen it. I mean, like I said, I've won and lost to it. So I know... It seemed that okay. <laughs> it seemed yeah. okay. Um, second place, Kimaruru. Tie that binds Destiny Hero. This version has uh, offerings to the Doomed. They don't run... They have three Hey Trunades. Uh, no Deciders. Three Drill Darks. A bit of a weird build as well. No Treacherous Trap Hole either. We yeah. almost always see at least one in pretty much every list, so that's a, a little bit of an interesting build, yeah. Yeah, this guy's not in Duel Links meta, you could tell. <laughs> <laughs> Original deck builder right here. This one does have a Treacherous Trap Hole, though. This one, third place, Yasuhiro, Yasuhiro Destiny Draw, uh, Masked Hero deck. Um, there's three of each monster. There's no Malicious, that's kind of odd, too. Three Deciders, three Celestials. This is before the ban was hit, I guess, so three Celestials, three Drill Darks, um, yeah, there's not much to say. No hatrunades, I guess. Um, yeah, I agree. Nothing, nothing too exciting. They're wacky over all these decks. Not like crazy wacky. I don't know. We were talking about it before, uh, before we started again. And uh, one of the things that was kind of always a thing back when I played Magic was that the Japanese players would always have like crazy tech in their decks or just bring weird decks and stuff so this isn't as crazy as i've seen uh japanese players go i'm a little disappointed well i guess all those guys lost and these guys got top three so <laughs> they couldn't be too crazy <laughs> maybe maybe that's what happened try to be too clever in your deck building and you fail that's lesson of the story <laughs> all right that's enough esports we're gonna talk about some news restricted list live so uh, I don't know about you, but uh, like half of my decks got the exclamation point where you say you can't use them because <laughs> they ran three Econs. Yep. Yeah, so time to clear out those decks when I feel like it. Um, 
I think fur hires came at a really good time. I I must say, a lot of people would have been at, at a loss not not being able to play anything, and they might have just put the game down. Like they would have had to spend time to build a deck. It's possible they worked. So, uh, it's good that a ready made deck just came at a good time. I think for people to play to keep playing the game. I think. Yeah, that's true, and also. Um, as much as we like to hate on them, it's important for free-to-play games to have a competitive option that is a cheap, uh, a cheap deck. And so that used to be the Sylvans, and then everyone got tired of them and hated on them, and uh, and rightfully so. And as a result, you know they got kind of nerfed into the ground. And so we needed a replacement one. Uh, and and even before you know throughout the entirety of this game they've done a pretty good job of making sure that one of those existed you know we had uh dinos at the very start of the game um let's see after that everyone got relinquished who played for free uh that that one wasn't actually good never mind because we had you needed the searchers so there was um, the plant right Hmm? the plant deck oh yes yeah the uh natureas were good uh, I said Saphir, but I actually meant Cyber Angels, the non-Saphira version. Um, Red Eyes was also, you know, it, these those a couple required you to get a little lucky with the events, but they were essentially decks that you could build for very cheap or, uh, in some cases, not really any money, uh, so long as you got a little lucky with some events and stuff. And so it's important to have some of these decks uh, that are at least available so that people feel like they can compete without having to spend money. Um, we we have recently discussed what it means to be a free-to-play deck, and I don't like locking any content behind money, but at the very least, you need to make it so that people who aren't spending money can compete with at least one deck. And so I think that it's important, once they nerfed Sylvans, to give us another deck that could fill that role. And honestly, I don't hate for hires like I hated Sylvans. There's something about it. I don't know about you. Um, I don't know. It seems like they I, got I too lucky, played... like the Sylvans. Like, the Furhires don't right. really rely on that. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, it feels bad to lose to someone who's just flipping cards over because you feel like like they just got lucky. And obviously sometimes they do just get lucky. Uh, whereas Furhires feels a little bit more, uh, a little bit less luck-based. Um, it's a little bit more consistent. It has, I think, probably a slightly higher skill cap where yes. uh, it's a little bit of a harder deck to play. So all those things feel pretty good. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're just barely getting to the fur higher meta, so I don't know how we're going to feel by the end of it. But I agree, it's probably a little bit better. It feels a little better now than Sylvan's did. And one thing I've noticed just by looking at the uh, popular cards is Cyberstein decks are coming um, for some reason, I, I don't know, maybe it's like late ladder climbers who wanted to play Cyberstein all along or what, but there are a bit more of them, probably in Plat. They're probably flooding Plat right now. <laughs> yeah, I faced a lot of Cyberstein in Plat this week. Uh, it was probably the single most common deck, which is funny. Uh, I think it's just because once you get this new meta, the 5,000 life points rule, you're like, oh, we can finally play this deck that like allows you to do fun and cool, huge stuff. Um, and it's not necessarily that they think it was the best deck or that it's even like in competition for being the best deck. It's that they felt like it was essentially unplayable before, and now it's playable. So now it's an option. Uh, I, I don't know. It's fun. I'm fine with it being there. Um, unfortunately for Cyberstein players, a lot of the fur hire hate that I was running happens to also hit uh, Cyberstein. So right. uh, there were a lot of circumstances where, especially if I went first, where I could just kind of set up a whole wall that they couldn't really get around, and that uh, was kind of funny. Yeah, I don't think they have a high win rate, unfortunately. But when they do win, bam, it's for YouTube right there. That's right. The KC Cup 8 report came out kind of late. I don't even remember when the KC Cup 8 happened because we had the uh, qualifiers, <laughs> but... This was a snapshot of the most uh, divisive meta, I guess. People didn't really like it. Some people did. Um, and you see some things like Masked Heroes and Sylvans and uh, 
They say it's a good reference for deck building, but the meta moves so fast that you can't really rely on that stuff anymore, but it's just like a relic of history. That uh, snapshot of the past uh, meta that some people liked, more people hated. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of interesting. I I always like getting more information, but this information feels like it's coming so late that it's just not relevant anymore. Um, it's hard because they like to keep the game moving, and so it seems like every week there's a new meta. Um, and so, you know, these reports, if they if they do any work to try to compile stats and all of that stuff, it's going to take a little while, and it's frequently going to become less relevant. Um, but I don't know. I, I hope they do more. Maybe they do them faster in the future. Um, I don't I'd like to see them as more than just like a, a history book or, or you know a yearbook or something to look back on. I'd like them to actually help shape and develop the meta. Yeah. Um, the dual carnival, Esperoba's dual carnival is the new PvP event, and it seems like they took a lot of feedback about past events about how to make them better, and they put it into this one thing. Um. I found it pretty easy to grind the points. Uh, the the They give you 45 minutes to stick with your team or something, but it usually ends in 10 minutes or so because someone's carrying the load. <laughs> but um, even by losing games quickly, I was constantly disconnected on the subway. That's how I played this whole event mostly, so I lost most of my games. But <laughs> I got like 1,500 maybe, so I, I felt like I was doing something to help my team. And... The thing is, it helps. It rewards the first place person on the team because they get a gold chest, and the gold chests are—they only have cards and gems. The silver chests have a lot of filler, like gold and keys. So if you, it's worth getting a gold chest. Pretty good. Yeah, I saw a lot of people doing like suicide decks. Um, right. Yes. Uh, I mean, not a lot. I saw a couple, but I saw that it was a thing on Reddit. People were talking about it. Um, I personally just played, I mean, Amazonas was one of the groups, so that was easy. Um, I tried to play a couple games. I've only done a couple rounds, though, and all of them, except for the first one, uh, I was the one who carried the team. And on the first one, it was because I didn't realize that it was going to make me sit down and play like for a whole round, and I only had time for one game, so I only just played the first game. Um all in all, I really like the structure. Uh, I like I like that we have a PvP event. I like that it, it feels kind of um, less stressful than normal PvP because no matter if your team wins or loses, you still get stuff in the end. Um, the only, really the only thing that I wish would be a little different next time they do it is make the uh, the team classifications worth more. So I would make it so that the winner, instead of right now it's at like 40,000 points, you can bump it up to 50 or 60 and make it so that you get more points for running your type. And then that way it would encourage people to actually do the thing instead of just playing either meta decks or like suicide decks or just whatever deck they were already running. Um, I, I just think it'd be more fun if that sort of deck building challenge were also part of the event. Yeah, it's just like they signed a random bunch of guys to represent the team for no reason, I guess. And um, one thing I found is that disconnects... I, well, this is outside of me dueling on the subway, but disconnects happened above ground, too, where it just ha- I don't know, like, there are a lot of disconnections. Maybe the way the team structure is... Um, maybe they're test- stress-testing for, like, a tournament mode. I don't know. But there are some disconnect problems. That'd be cool if they were doing a tournament mode. Uh, like I said, I haven't played a ton, so I didn't. I, I think I only got one disconnect against me and none on my side, so I didn't notice that issue. But uh, since you've been playing a lot more of it, maybe it's more common than I realized. And sometimes they group like four people against one. <laughs> I've noticed yeah. that. That's not fair. Yeah. So, oh well. Um, I'm almost done with getting that last card the cumulative reward, but we're still in stage 3, there's still stage 4 and stage 5, so we'll see what uh, types come up. I fully expect yeah. the dinosaurs to win, like I said. Yeah, I'm not I'm not close to finishing it yet, I think I'm only like halfway done or something, but um, 
maybe I'll have a little bit more time to actually play some. I expect to be slightly less busy at work going forward uh, after this weekend, so I'll have a chance to actually sit down and play a couple games. And uh, I'm definitely going to get at least all of those PvP ones, or all of the guaranteed rewards, and hopefully grab a couple of the missing things as well. Let's talk about the new cards from this event. Monster Reborn Reborn. This is a spell. Target three monsters in your graveyard. Your opponent chooses one. You special summon it. And if you do, banish the rest. You can only activate one Monster Reborn Reborn per turn. So this is a resurrection card. Except it's at at the mercy of your opponent. And having three cards in the graveyard. Optimally, you would get three guys that your opponent does not want to summon. And it's going to be good. But... It seems like a thing you could do for grass decks, but it seems a bit inconsistent. Yeah, it's it's a fairly powerful card. Um, I definitely want three of them. Uh, just it is the chase card. It might be playable. It's not like obviously playable, uh, like the classic example of the red eyes cards, where I'm pretty sure Konami realized that was a mistake to kind of make uh, hide those very powerful cards behind RNG. And uh, this is kind of maybe trying to make amends for it, although they did the same thing with uh, Amazonas. So I don't know. But that one felt really easy to me. I got like eight Amazonas princesses. So I, I don't know. I think it makes sense for them to put these medium slash niche cards in the random pools. And um, I'm thinking this might see some play at some point, but there's no obvious place to put it now. Battle of Elements, Trap Card, activate only when all monsters on the field are face up. Both players send monsters they control to the graveyard so they each only control one attribute. Very situational. Uh, fur hires and spellbooks are the ones that I can see getting hit by this. But sometimes fur hires have like two earths. So then they choose to keep the dino or something. So very conditional. Yeah. This is... Um... A card that feels like a personal attack because I don't know the difference between attribute and type. Mm. Like I keep getting them confused as to which one's which. So um, I don't appreciate that Konami, but you do you. You're the only one. <laughs> it's it's literally just me. For uh, next one is Heartless Drop Off Counter Trap. Man, the card doesn't even say what it does. <laughs> I know I know what it does. I know what it does okay. off the top of my head. Basically, right. when a card that is face-up on the field is sent back to the opponent's hand, you could counter-trap this, banish that card in their hand, and if they're holding extra copies of that card, they get banished as well. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, so there's not a lot of bounce cards. Like I counted three. There's Abyss Warrior, Spiritualism, and Gravel Storm. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The, so Abyss Warrior has seen play, of course. Um, Gravel Storm saw a tiny bit of play, and I think Spiritualism was in one farm deck <laughs> like, that I've yeah. seen. Uh, so it, I don't think you play this in Sea Stealth, and so that's kind of the only one where the competitive deck where you might have played it, but you don't play it because it doesn't work with your, um, what are they called? The jellyfish guy that comes back. Anyway, so... Any, I don't think this card sees play right now. It's, it seems like a decent card that could at some point see play, but it kind of, I don't think so, because it requires you to have this setup that isn't kind of conducive. It, it doesn't flow naturally. Yeah, there hasn't been a hand thief deck in this game yet so far, I'd say. This is kind of like a hand thief deck card. Yeah. And... I like this card. Teleport. Continuous spell. Once per turn, if your opponent controls a monster and you control no monsters, pay a hun- pay 800 life points to special summon one psychic monster from your hand. So you could special summon any psychic monster. Things like Master Gig that were unplayable. You could check out all the psychics you have that you need tributes for. Maybe this opens up some stuff. Yeah. Um, I... Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's nice to get some, some psychic support. I uh, I don't know if that's enough to put it over, but sure. I'm glad yeah. you're excited about it. Yeah. 
Um, as for Roba, was obtainable very easily from this event. And of course, that opens up him, his uh, dual skills, his cards, and a lot of gems. So <laughs> definitely get Esperoba. Um, his skills, Psychic Vision. This is the skill where you could see your opponent's hand for the first turn. You're supposed to only see the pictures, but I saw um, the text as well against a standard duelist. So I don't know if it's working. But the problem is you draw. You have one less card in your opening hand. I don't think that's a good deal. To see pictures for losing a card. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's it's nearly as good. I would rather run Mind Scan. Um, even Ishizu's skill might be more interesting to me. Uh, yeah. I forget exactly what Pre, it's called. But uh, the one... Prescience. Yes, yeah, Prescience. Yeah. Where you can look at the top card of both players' decks for the first like five turns. Yeah. I think, excuse me. Uh, so anyway, I don't I don't think that one's as exciting. Um, this next one is the one that I've seen more common. Yep, Psychic Onslaught. You begin the game with one or two Jinzos in your deck. So this is the only way you can get three or two or three Jinzos in your deck, and this goes along with all his Jinzo cards. Yep. Yeah, I've seen. Like I said, I've I faced I don't know a handful of Jinzo decks uh, in my climb up. All of them were in Platinum, but I haven't played as many games in Legends, so I don't know if they're completely just out of Legend, um, <clears throat> or if it's just because I haven't run into them yet, but they were all running this card, or this skill, and uh, they mostly lost, but still it's cool to have Jinzo in the game finally, so I like this skill. Trap Search... I believe the skill, if you have Jinzo on the board, you can destroy your opponent's face-up trap cards. Jinzo doesn't destroy the traps, he negates them, and the ones that are continuous just stay on the board. So this way you can actually destroy those, but I don't think there's value, because I think Jinzo has value in clogging their back row. That's a good point. Yeah, it does. Um, the I have had that happen to me before. The upside is that sometimes Jinzo can get Forbidden Chaliced and then just wrecked (laughs) which is uh, what I did to one of the Jinzo players that I faced. He attacked in with Jinzo I Forbidden Chaliced the thing he was attacking was an Amazonist. I then used Onslaught to get rid of Jinzo and then his whole day was ruined. It was hilarious or something like that. um, Uninstalled the game. Yeah, basically. So I think you're right. I think it's probably better to just play a Jinzo deck without it and maybe with the Psychic Onslaught to make sure you get Jinzo or some other skill that synergizes with it better. But I do think that in the right meta, this might be a decent skill. This might be better in different metas. And the last known skill so far is Cosmic Enlightenment. And this skill harkens back to Creator with Pegasus or Master of Magicians or Arcana where you get a random card. So you either if you lose 1800 you either get Jinzo or a psychic monster. I don't know what pool of psychic monsters they are. There should be the better ones I would assume, <laughs> not all of them cuz that'll be a huge pool. But yeah. it doesn't really jive. Like you want Jinzo or you want a psychic and if you get the other it doesn't really make sense. Yeah, and I'm also thinking like the other ones, they have a broad range of options. And we know that the game kind of weights it a little bit towards the option that it thinks you need more. So it gives you like that comeback mechanic where um, you'll get the card that uh, sweeps your opponent's board uh, or their back row or, you know, I forget what all the options are. But we do know that the game tends to favor, um, lean a little bit towards what it thinks you need. And then that's based on kind of a, a variety of situations. And I don't know if the various psychics are as flexible. Uh, I don't know them super well, but yeah, off the top of my head, I can't really think of them as having options to clear board, clear back road, draw cards, you know, make your opponent discard cards, any of those stuff uh, that it kind of works a little better with those other skills. I think of Destructitron, that's the the back row guy. Yep, but Um, you're going to end up losing the rest of your life points if you do that. Borg, maybe? Oh, Borg requires setup in the graveyard. Serene Psychic Witch is kind of like a tutor, but that's 
it feels bad to just get like a 1200 attack <laughs> monster. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. You don't know what you're going to get. You could get the Gustos too. I don't know. I don't know what you're going to get. Hmm. And he comes with new cards, obviously. Jinzo, you get one automatically from unlocking. 2415. Uh, everyone knows this card by now. It's not a Psychic, it's a machine, because it was made before Psychics were an archetype in the TCG. But you basically can negate all trap cards that are activated after he's played. And um, he doesn't destroy the face-up continuous trap cards. He just makes them unusable. And it works on both sides. Yes, yeah. It negates your own as well. Uh, sometimes that's good. Um, I don't know. You could, I could see like a weird little combo thing happening where you use that trap that gains you 3,000 life points um, until oh, you... Nice, yeah until it dies, so you do that, then you play Jinzo, <clears throat> and then you destroy it for some benefit, and then you just permanently have that 3,000 life. That's a kind of cool interaction. Um, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. But we, yeah. we do have a decent number of traps that revive things in this game, and then like if the trap dies, then the thing that was revived dies. And again, this could help with that as well. It's probably not the main use, though. I mean, you're mostly using it to try to lock down your opponent. Yeah. I've, I have seen it combined online with Silent Magician, so you go for, like, a full spell trap lockdown. Mm-hmm. That seems pretty solid. Most of the ones that I've played against um, are, like, Psychic Machine, mostly going for that Psychic Synergy. Um, they're a little bit less refined. The Silent Magician might be a better route um we also i we saw one person playing uh monarchs and tree born frog deck uh well we saw that that person was playing it we didn't they didn't make the top four so we didn't get to actually see the deck but i assumed that jinzo might have been part of the reason for that because if you're playing a deck that wants you to play one tribute monsters this is one of the better one tribute monsters um there's a couple of options. I don't think we've yet even scratched the surface of Jinzo. Um, I do think that this game already is at the stage where we're flooding special summons and you have a full board on turn one or two. And so it, Jinzo is a little bit of a relic of the past at that point. But I do think that the card is still powerful enough that it will see play uh, at some point, maybe not in the most meta decks, but I don't think we're done with Jinzo before he even gets a chance. I think he's going to see some play. The level 45 reward is called Jinzo Jector. 4-star, uh, 800, 2,000 machine. This, card name, this card's name becomes Jinzo when on the field or in the graveyard. You can tribute this card and add one Jinzo monster from your deck to your hand, except for Jinzo Jector. Well, you only have one, so you can't get another one. Then reveal all set cards your opponent has in their spell and trap zones. If there are trap cards among them, you can special summon Jinzo monsters from your hand up to the number of trap cards revealed. You can use this effect once per turn. You can see why this, there's only one of these. You could kind of end the game in one turn by playing two Jinzos or something. Card does it all. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a solid card. If you're going all in on the Jinzo plan, then for sure. Uh, if you're just playing Jinzo because it's a solid monster, then of course you wouldn't really play this but uh like i said the ones that i've seen are more all in on the jinzo plan so i guess the people who are playing jinzo now might more appreciate jector than i'm kind of more on the just play it as a good card side but you know i also like combo decks and stuff so maybe this will i'll find something at some point to play this in here is a much less good card jinzo lord you get three of these level eight twenty six hundred sixteen this card cannot be normal summoned or set. It can only be special summoned by sending one face of Jinzo you control to the graveyard. So you get like a 200 attack boost. Trap cards cannot be activated and the effects of all trap cards on the field are negated. Once per turn, you can destroy all face of traps and inflict 300 damage to your opponent for each card destroyed. So it's like a Jinzo with 200 more attack. You do some minimal burn damage and you have to sacrifice your own Jinzo, which is the bad part. Yeah, I agree. Much worse. Jinzo Returner, you also get three of these guys. Uh, 600, 1400, 3-star. This card can attack your opponent directly. 
When this card is sent to the graveyard, sent to the graveyard, not destroyed, you can special summon one Jinzo from your graveyard. Destroy it during your end phase. So it's got like that. It's kind of like the uh, Sky Star Ray. You get to poke a little, uh, but there could be some like one turn kill use. You use Econ and attack with Jinzo and then s tribute your own Jinzo or something. Like, there's something you could do here. No, you yeah. tribute this. You tribute this guy and then you get the Jinzo out. Right there, you go. Um, yeah, I like it as like a special summon sneaky thing. It's a it's a pretty cool card. Quarantine, you get two of these, continuous spell. Once per turn, during the end phase, you can target one set spell or trap your opponent controls, reveal it, and return it to its original position. It reveals and doesn't destroy, and unfortunately, we won't have space for things like this. Yeah. And Amplifier, equip spell, you get two of these. Uh, equipped to Jinzo. When this card is equipped, the equipped monster's effect does not negate effects of the controller's trap cards. When this card is removed from the field, destroy the equipped monster. This card's activation and effect cannot be negated. So you get to use traps with Jinzo, but unfortunately, it is also the lifeline of Jinzo, and Cosmic Cyclone would kill your Jinzo. Yeah, it seems like that's kind of actively making your Jinzo worse, probably. <laughs> um... Uh, one thing that I did think of for the returner was that it'd be funny to do like tribute to the doom to your own returner by discarding the Jinzo as yeah. the cost of tribute to the doomed. But you can't do it's it during your battle phase, right? Oh no, no, no! Is this only yeah. battle phase? Sorry, I wasn't listening. Well, oh no, you I... could, you could, you could offerings to the doomed. <laughs> yeah, but then you're not pitching it, so it didn't. It's not oh. a two card combo like I was thinking. So. There's... Like, you'll just be losing out on the 600 attack with your combo. I'm trying to yeah. think of a card that would just, like, quick play, toss, something. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you could... I'm sure there's some. Yeah. We can we can look into it if it's important. <laughs> uh, daily login rewards updated. This finally came with no uh, warning at all. We saw a new login screen, and then you get to see all your prizes. So, no more 500 gold. <laughs> um... Yeah, you get things like NR tickets, uh, dual or 20, 20 or 40 gems, and AUR jewel, of course. Yeah, it seems good. Um, one thing is that it seems like it no longer cares, like, your total number of days you've logged in. I guess we still have that running log in the in the side missions uh, part. but So it's a little bit less of like, a, oh, cool, you've been playing for 400 days thing. Um but this does seem like just better prizes, so I'm I'm all for that. I don't care as much about the pride of pumping up that number as much as I care about getting something tangible. They made so much money from the Silent Magician sales. They're like, screw it, let's give everyone. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Deck Tech found this link from this post on Reddit. Uh, user Shogun Shen from Reddit posted that you could finally see your opponent's graveyard during their turn by holding down the graveyard. So this is something you could finally do, which is useful if you want to banish something during your turn. That's the main use of it. Yeah, I also like it to um, to try to like predict their face downs and stuff. Um, sometimes it's relevant for you to know what they've already played during the game, and maybe because you're playing a lot of games or it's been a long game or you know you weren't paying the most attention, you don't know offhand. It's very normal in card games to check your opponent's graveyard. Um, and so it's kind of, it was interesting that it wasn't allowed before, and I didn't know why it wasn't allowed before, but I'm glad that it's allowed now. Yep. Uh, new Yugi skill, you beat Yami Yugi with regular Yugi, uh, and then you get the skill where you lose 1,800 life points, you can draw your Silent Magician level 4. Typically they don't run the Silent Magician level 4, they use the more expensive one, but if you don't have that card, you could play this one instead. It's kind of like the level-up version where you turn 4 into 8. It's much worse. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think this version... The, the Silent Magician doesn't really see play. Um, so I don't think that this is a skill that's worth it um, because you're never going to want the, the thing that you're <laughs> paying to get... Um, so I, I did see like a couple people trying to make it work, 
I just don't think it's worth it. No. We have some data mines. A lot of new characters. Uh, 5Ds is coming for sure, so we have a bunch of those characters. Yusei Fudo, Akiza, Leo, Luna, Jack Atlas, Crow Hogan, Tetsu Trudge, Kaylin Kessler, and Carly Carmine. And there are some older characters. Loomis and Umbra, and of course the guy we've been waiting for, Duke Devlin. There you go. I um, still haven't seen the new Yu-Gi-Oh or the newer Yu-Gi-Oh stuff, so I'm kind of failing. None of these. I mean, Duke Devlin means something to me. Loomis and Umbra <laughs> sounds vaguely familiar, uh, but the rest of them I don't really know. Are you excited about any of them in particular? I've, I've never. I've only watched the first episode of Five DS, and that was just to see what the motorcycles look like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder Very how they're going to incorporate that. Like how the duels research. are gonna how the duels are gonna go in five DS? Are you gonna be on a motorcycle? Like it's the UI gonna be different? That's why I want to know. It'll be interesting. It has like a now the game has a motion controls and stuff. You right. have to like flip your accelerate. Phone yeah, you're 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 <laughs> controlling a motorcycle on the left and right bumpers. <laughs> oh yeah, and I read I read up on synchros, and they're not confusing at all. There was a post That's on Reddit. Good. Where you basically just add the levels, and then you need exactly that amount. It's kind of like Machine Absolute Angel Ritual. Like, you need mm. the exact number to get the gotcha. thing out. That's what, that's what a synchro is. Simple. Well, I don't know. My NA math might not be able to handle it, but yeah. we'll see. Other official news. Special duels are coming. Handicap SD duels. Basically, you fight two standard duels at once or something. You get to train your own Kribo. What do you think about that? Uh, sure. I mean, the the downside of it is that it's probably going to give you a bunch of Karibo stuff as the prizes, which which we have. We already have it all. So, uh, I guess I'm slightly opposed. Maybe there's new Karibo stuff. I don't know the Karibo nope. card pool super well, but it'll be cool if you get to pick which Karibo you get. Like you get like a Relink Karibo or a Sphere Karibo or something like that. Well, yeah. I mean, that'd be. That would be pretty cool. We haven't seen too much Sphere Karibo recently, but it's still a solid card. I mean, that's the one that I would obviously pick. I think it's the only one I don't have three of, but also just regardless, I think I would pick that one. This could be their way of competing with Pokemon Go. Oh, yeah, maybe. That's basically what know. it is, right? Right. It's not. I'm it not talking be. about cards. We're getting to train one. I mean, that's what it is. I don't know. I did, that doesn't feel like where this game is going, in my opinion, but maybe. Uh, Cyrus, if you didn't get him before, Dual Island is back. Superb Taya is back with just one new card. <laughs> Obtain a GX fan favorite. Uh, people are saying it is, uh, who's that guy? <laughs> the guy, edgy guy. Cyrus's brother. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Zane. He, Zane, yeah. Yep. I was gonna say Rain because of his belt buckle. <laughs> um... WCS 2018 Finals event page is going to be live. It's probably a website where we see people. And Serious Chaz is back. So that is the the next month in review. And finally, Deck Tech is going to be back at Dual School, telling us how to beat for hires. Yeah, um, we're just going to do a quick version now because uh, I think kind of quick hits is, is what we have in terms of information on how to beat the fur hires. Um, played a little bit against it i haven't played with it yet you've played a little bit with it right yes yeah so uh we're still kind of developing and evolving our, our understanding of the deck but we do have some tips to get you started uh if you haven't already seen them uh the just a, as an intro the deck is kind of all over the legend ladder um and fairly common in the tournaments as we've seen it's common enough in the lower parts of the ladder that some people are already getting concerned that it's kind of even before they came out people were concerned that we traded one sylvans for another it's not nearly there yet in terms of uh what i've seen from the saturation uh so we're not at the beat them or join them phase yet but we might be getting close and that's often what happens when you have a cheap deck that is powerful and easy to play. You have all three pillars of what you need to make sure that the um, the large, slightly more casual audience 
uh, has a deck that they're all going to kind of gravitate towards. So you're going to see a lot of it. Um, anyone who's played the deck or played against it knows that it kind of wins by swarming the board and uh, and then kind of locking it down. The cards that swarm the board either swing tempo because they destroy stuff on the board or swing tempo because they can lock you out of the board using like the Dino or Wiz. And so it's a pretty powerful deck. It's got some good flexibility and it can be very frustrating to play against. So to uh, play against them, the f- main tip that you see a lot of people who played with and against the deck, high level people are saying, is the main thing you want to do is stop the first fur hire if you can. So cards like Floodgate Trap Hole, uh, Forbidden Chalice, Divine Wrath, and Ultimate Providence are all pretty good at just stopping that first guy. And sometimes they'll get an immediate benefit. Um, like if it's beat, they immediately get uh, a card in their hand, right? Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. So uh, sometimes you don't fully counter them by doing that. But you do get enough of the... You, you kind of stop them in their tracks. And then um, by doing so, you buy yourself a whole turn so that you can hopefully get some insurmountable card advantage and they can never win back the board. Um, unfortunately, you know, that's not always the case. They have a lot of refill and they can maybe do it the second time. Uh, so maybe you're hoping to have a second counter again. But... It's better to do that than waiting for the second for hire that might be a juicier target because that second one might be something like Wiz that just counters whatever you were about to do to counter the first one or it might be uh, they might get an immediate um, effect out of that one that at that point they have you're not disrupting the counter um, the card advantage enough to get enough value out of it so usually you want to get the first one if you can. Uh, the second major tip that we're seeing a lot of people saying and that, that we're doing ourselves is that once they're on a full board, the deck is less good at effectively doing what it wants. Uh, what they like to do is summon a lot of guys, special summon, you know, three in a row, and then you get a, a bonus from kind of each one. They'll come into play and they'll do an effect, or when they come into a play, uh, the other ones that are on the board will activate some effect that lets them get card advantage. So when fewer monsters are able to come onto the field, they get a lot less of those activations, a lot less um, of those bonuses, and then they have to rely on like tribute summons or regulation of the tribe or econ or something to help clear out some room so that they could do more special summons, and the deck becomes a lot less efficient for that way. So sometimes it's better to kind of keep their board full so that they've kind of locked themselves out um, from more special summons and then try to kill them some alternative route ignoring their board. Uh, so I've been playing mostly Amazonists, like I said, and sometimes I'll rather let them keep a full board and then try to start killing them with my Amazonist swordswomen by just running them into big guys, uh, especially if things if they have like a whiz in defense position or um, if I just have a queen out and then I can just keep running it into a Dinah. Uh, of course, the it was the swordswoman. Another example would be if you're running masked heroes, sometimes. You just ignore their board and keep going face with Anki if you can. And then they're kind of stuck uh, without a way to come back from that. Uh, fewer ways, I should say. They can still tribute summon. Um, and I have had a full board. I actually posted one on my Twitter. It was a pretty intense game where the guy had a full board and I was going for that plan. And then he um, tributed one of his monsters for his second Dyna. So at that point, he had locked me out, except that I uh, switcherooed into my top deck for the Forbidden Chalice, and I was lucky that his, he only had one card in hand, which kind of leads into the next tip that I'll get to in a sec. Uh, so his Wiz couldn't counter it, and it was just perfect ending. I was able to run in. But um, sometimes it works. Sometimes giving them more time is a little, little bit of a dangerous play. So... Um, The reason why is because the last tip is to watch the number of cards they have in their hand and or try to bait out whiz activations 
uh, when you know you have multiple effects. So um, those are kind of related. When you activate with Wiz, you have to discard a card. So if they don't have any cards in hand, or if they only have like one card in hand, as was the case with in my game that I was just talking about, then sometimes it's better to just go all in at that point because they have either no chance to counter if they have zero cards in hand or they have, uh, you know, you're just taking a risk like, okay, let's see if they have the counter or not. Uh, and sometimes that's just better than waiting for them to draw more cards until they get the card, you know, enough cards that they can just counter infinitely with Wiz. Um, so sometimes the kind of the opposite of that tip above, sometimes it's better to just go all in earlier instead of trying to sit back and let them do their thing. Um, and then the, the corollary that I was talking about is that sometimes it's better to bait out a Wiz counter activation. Wiz can only counter once per turn. So something like Forbidden Chalice on a Wiz is great because they either... Uh, they lose the uh, activation either way. They counter the chalice, which doesn't really make sense, um, or and so they've used up their one counter, or the chalice hits them, and then they can't counter anymore. So that's a good card against Wiz. Uh, a similar thing is continuous traps like Onslaught or Sea Stealth Attack that are already face up. Uh, when they negate it, they only negate the one activation. So you can kind of sequence your attacks in a way that makes it so that they have to negate, uh, like you attack into the Wiz, for instance, and then they have to negate the first one so that the Wiz survives, but then the Wiz no longer has uh, negation effects. So then you can attack in again and get rid of the Wiz that way, or you can do whatever you know thing you were going to do that you wanted to not be countered. So uh, some people definitely uh, more in Platinum than in Legend, but some people forget that negate does not always mean... Um, to uh, Jesus destroy destroy yeah um and so now I'm sure people will very quickly learn that just like they very quickly learned about Rose Lover but uh when these kind of things that are a little bit more niche um sometimes people will mess up there and you can use that to your advantage um so just to quickly wrap up a couple more cards in addition to the ones I mentioned at the top that are good against the deck include Treacherous Trap Hole, Wall of Disruption, and uh, Lava Golem, which are options to kind of counter their swarming effect if you want to go against that route. And um, the plan there is to take away their card advantage because once they're down on card advantage, they can't, uh, they can't use more special summons because they're out of cards. They can't use more Wiz effects because they're out of cards. Uh, but that's a little bit of a risky route because it requires you to let them go off and then to kind of punish them for going off uh, when the deck is very powerful once it goes off. So I don't like that route as much. I do run the Treacherous Trapples, um, but I don't like Wall of D or Lava Golem. And the idea with Treacherous Trapples is that hopefully sometimes it's worth it and hopefully you can get them like they don't special summon the Wiz that counters your Treacherous Trap Hole, for instance. Uh, but sometimes they do and you're unlucky. More options to kind of stop the chain before it gets started include offerings to the Doomed if you have it, if you pay for it, um, and Paleozoic Canadia, uh, which is a UR. So again, if you have it, the uh, that's another option to kind of stop them before they get going. Um, in addition, actually, to that first pool, I mean, what was it called? The the ceiling? Needle ceiling. Needle ceiling. Yeah, that's another way to kind of clear everything that can kind of punish them for going all in. So anyway, uh, that's kind of the quick and dirty, semi-quick and dirty of it. Some early tri uh, tips and tricks on how to combat the fur hires. Um, just remember that the deck has a lot of refill. So a skilled player will kind of meet out the cards as they need them. Um, if they're going first, Sometimes they will only go off to the extent that they need to to kind of set up for the next turn of going off. You know, so all those things uh, is to say that you shouldn't expect to just win if you hit them with one of these counter cards. Um, you need to then push for your advantage and try to quickly finish them off so that they can't go off again and undo the work that you did. Great. So now you should have a 100% win rate 
against fur hires. Yes, it's definitely a guaranteed 100% win rate <laughs> just yep. for listening to the podcast. Yep. Got everything you need here. So, yeah, that's going to be it for us today. Thanks for listening and interacting with us online. You can listen and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Overcast, YouTube. Check out the podcast and more at our website, thedualassessment.wordpress.com. We have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash thedualassessment. We also have a Patreon page if you like what we're doing and want to support our efforts and let us play more cards. Patreon.com slash dual underscore assessment. We have an email address, thedualassessment at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter, dual underscore assessment. Me at GreenRangerCCG, DeckTech at HSDeckTech. Yep. Uh, we love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what you like about the show, what you want us to do more of, what you want us to do to convince you to become a patron. Uh, all those things, uh, you can hit us up. We love Twitter. Yep. All right. Enjoy the new meta tomorrow, and go duel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know what to say. Yeah. See you guys next week. <laughs>